Welcome to Carolina True Crime, a podcast from WMBF News. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager. We're taking a deep dive into some of our area's most infamous crimes, some with clear endings and others where questions remain. on this edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager for WMBF News, and I'm joined again with um, anchor Eric Weisfeld. Uh, Eric, it's been a while since we last uh, did an episode of this podcast. Obviously, COVID-19 has kind of thrown everyone's plans out the window for 2020, Mm -hmm. but uh, we are back with a new episode, and we have a, you know, it's very tragic, very, very, you know, very insane case uh, that we just learned about actually just this week. Um, What do we know so far, Eric? Yeah, we are talking about the case of Gregory Vincent Rice, which actually started out as a missing person case. He uh, was reported missing October 5th of this year. And at that time, he was believed to have been heard from last October 2nd of this year. So then, fast forward now to Sunday, November 8th, which was this past Sunday, when Horry County police say that a body was found along the Little PD River near Pitts Landing off Highway 378. And they say that body was positively identified as Rice, Greg Rice, following an autopsy that was done at the Medical University of South Carolina. So then everything starts to roll forward. We try to figure out what happened to him. We try to figure out uh, why this happened to him. And we've talked to his brother, who lives in Cincinnati, who says that he would do anything for you. He obviously was grieving yesterday when we had him on the news on WMBF. And we've also spoken with his ex-wife. There's a lot of history that goes back to his life. He was a great father, according to his ex-wife. Uh, I can tell you that they were high school sweethearts, and they were married for 12 years, had an amicable, divo- amicable divorce. But uh, things kind of turned sour, according to his wife, she says, because... Uh, Greg started to date a woman named Megan, and we'll get back to her in a moment, but apparently that caused a stress in the relationship between Greg and Megan and Greg's son with his ex-wife, if you follow that. Uh, His name is Zach, and there was a restraining order filed against Megan by the ex-wife. There were some issues in that respect, and she says that also affected their relationship, even though they were divorced. They had remained friends, but that kind of strained their relationship. So fast forward, we now know that there are two suspects in this case who have both been charged. One of them is Chris Allen Dantel, who is 37 years old, is 37 years old, and interesting enough, he is a deputy coroner with Horry County. He has since been fired following this. Uh, also, Megan, who I spoke about, is Megan Marie Jackson. She is 35 years old. Apparently... I've learned today, after speaking with uh, his ex-wife, with Greg's ex-wife, Patrick Lloyd, our reporter, found out that um, the woman, who is the one one female suspect, Megan, apparently started dating Greg when she was 18 years old, and they had an ongoing relationship. Now we know that this other suspect has been entered in the case, Chris Allen Dantel, no word yet if she started dating, Megan started dating him recently and that led to any type of alleged murder but we just know that there was according to the ex-wife of greg a lot of stress and strain in the relationship between megan and uh, greg 
and she had no doubt when she was told that he was found murdered that she Megan would be the primary suspect. And obviously, yeah, Eric, um, Chris Dantel, as you said, he is a deputy coroner for Horry County, or was a deputy coroner. Um, a name that we're familiar with, um, we get um, notices uh, from the coroner's office um, uh, in cases, you know, where uh, either it's a homicide victim or it's um, somebody, a victim of a traffic accident. And um, we've seen uh, Chris Dantel's name attached to a number of those announcements when they've come in. So I think it's safe to say this kind of took us all by surprise uh, once um, once we saw that he'd been taken into custody and then learn the allegations against him and what he's accused of doing. Yeah, it's almost like one of those ironic cases where you the suspect switches sides, where we're used to getting investigative reports from him about homicide investigations, like you said, or missing people, and it turns out that he is now at the center of the charges. And it also, you know, there's another a tragic, um, another tragic component to this story. Um, we've learned that... Um, that Megan Jackson, the sus one of the two suspects charged in Greg Rice's murder, is actually the father of four of his children, or the mother, I should say, I'm sorry, the mother of four of his children. So again, just another a tragic, um, tragic uh, set of circumstances in this case. Absolutely. So you have four children that Greg is a father to. You also have another child who he had with his f first wife, Megan. And they, they were, I should say, Megan, not, not Megan, uh, the first wife is Kristen. Megan, who is the one charged, was never married to Greg, but Kristen was, and they produced a child as well from that relationship. So that's five children who are now without their father. I can also tell you that uh, during a bond hearing today, both suspects, Chris Dantel and Megan Marie Jackson, waived their rights to a bond hearing, which is pretty rare. Yeah, it definitely, it does not happen that often. I know just in cases that we've covered, it's very rare, as you said, to see to see the suspects waive their right to a bond hearing. Um, this would have been before a magistrate judge, and um, in these cases, a magistrate judge cannot set bond in a murder case that only can be done by a circuit judge. But still, in most cases, uh, the suspects still appear for their hearing, and that just did not happen today. In this case, they both waived their right to a hearing. So... Now we're waiting to see when uh, their next court appearance, or their initial court appearance, when that will take place. Um, smart Money is probably in the next couple weeks, but um, we're just keeping an eye on that to see when that's going to happen. And this really is a case where we are left with so many more questions and answers. We've spoken with, as I said, uh, Greg's brother and also his ex-wife. Both of them speak very highly of Greg, the ex-wife, who, even though they were divorced, said that he was a great father. She also said that she just thinks about what the world has lost with his death. Um, there's also a question about how Chris Dantel fits into this situation. Um, you know, obviously a respectable person in the community, but now charged with his murder. We also don't know really what went wrong with Megan and Greg. They were together. They had four children together, though they never married. But what would lead, allegedly, if the charges are proven to be true, that what would lead her to want to do something like this to end his life. So this is a very high-profile case because of the nature of one of the suspects, his profession as the uh, Horry County deputy coroner, and also the fact that there are so many people affected by this case, and there are so many answers. So it's one that we are just beginning to unravel. Absolutely, and um, you know, hopefully we'll get some answers to these questions in the near future. And as always, we will bring those answers to this podcast when we have an update. Um, again, we thank you all so much for your continued um, 
listening to our podcast. Again, sorry for the delay uh, due to the pandemic, but we are now back with new episodes, and um, we will definitely be updating this case as it warrants. Uh, for now, I'm Brad Dickerson, along with Eric Weisfeld. Thank you all so much, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager at WMBF News. We look forward to having you back for our next episode.